Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. story, about your story, about God's story, even share a little bit of my story. And maybe you saw that video and you felt like, ooh, I can relate a little bit to that story. I can relate to the kids being gone or my milk running out. That happened to me this morning, actually. (laughs) But we all have a story. We all have a background. And um, I know that if, if you're at if you were to ask me a little bit about my story, or if I were to ask you a little bit about your story, you might begin to share about maybe where you go to work, um, who's in your family, your spouse. You might talk about your children. You might talk about things that you've gone through, challenges, um, or degrees that you've earned, places you've been. All of these things make up our story. Um, also, the people that you hang out with the people that influence your, your thoughts, that you share ideas, they all come together and build who we are as a person, our identity. We're all writing our story like our own autobiography today. And I want to talk about how God's story intersects with your story. But before I do that, I, um, I had to share this little book because um, I've been married to my wife, Susie, for 17 years. She is amazing. We have two kids, a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old. And my son, Miles, uh, when he was a baby, he loved this book. And we found this book. And why we loved it so much is the character in this book, his name was Miles. And so we loved this book. As a matter of fact, we had a friend who also their son was Miles. And the very first thing we got him was this book. There's something I think that's fun and unique about relating to something, whether it's a book or a TV or a movie, when you're in it. Like, have you ever wanted to be on TV or you wanted to be an extra in a movie? Come on. Okay, Joey. (laughs) You guys are being all polite. It's not a trick question, but um, we have a couple famous people um, here in this audience. I know that our lead founding pastor, Pastor Lloyd, was a very prominent character in the feeding of the 5,000 for the, yeah, you can give him a hand. Yeah. <laughs> he was on The Chosen, which you, if you haven't seen The Chosen, it's definitely worth checking out. But I can imagine that Pastor Lloyd's favorite episode is of The Chosen. Uh, is of the chosen. Um, Susie and I, we have a little bit of a starstruck as well. I planned a date night to go down to a game show, Let's Make a Deal. Have you ever heard of Let's Make a Deal? Well, we had tickets, and I was actually chosen to be on Let's Make a Deal. And I won a trip. I won a trip to Rio de Janeiro. So shout out to CBS. Thank you for that. But I was on TV. You didn't know that, but I was on TV. It was a great time. Um, It was awesome. Well, the story of the Bible is also one that you and I are in. And that's what makes this special. Is because we might not be on a star movie, or we might not be on anything fancy, but you are in God's story. And this book is all about you and me, because God loved the world. So if you look at this book, um, the very first book of this book 
is Genesis. Um, this is actually a book of 66 different books separated into two different sections, an Old Testament, which was before Jesus was born, and then the New Testament that talks about life of Jesus, and that starts as Jesus was born. So the very first book of the Bible is Genesis, and it simply reads that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was good. You see, God created an environment because he had you and me in mind. If you go to the middle of the book, you find Psalms. And Psalms, in the beginning, uh, in the middle of that book, the very middle of the Bible is chapter 118. And that says, yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. My enemies did their best to kill me, but the Lord rescued me. The Lord is my strength and has given me victory. So the beginning of the Bible is about you. The middle of the Bible is about you. And even the end of the Bible, the last book of the Bible is Revelation. And the last chapter and last verses say this. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. So we see that this is a wonderful book because you're in it. And this book is um, a very special book. This is more than just a book because it's truly God's word. It's his love letter to us. It's his rule book. It's guide for our life. And it was written by over 40 authors over 1,500 years. And what's interesting about this is that the Guinness Book of World Records, Guinness Book, excuse me, Guinness Book of World Records um, said that in 1995, it is the best-selling book of all time. There has been more than 500 billion copies printed. So just to give you an idea of what that looks like, um, some other top books that have been printed, Don Quixote was 500 million copies. The Tale of Two Cities is very popular. Over two million copies were published by Charles Dickinson. He wrote that one. The Little Prince, have you heard of that? That's a famous one. 142 million copies. In today's terms, we've heard of Harry Potter. That's uh, been published 120 million times. Or The Hobbit, 100 million times. So you can clearly see there's something very special about the Bible. And in the Bible, it starts off with God creating a perfect place, but then we find sin happens. And we find sin, and God had to do something because there was sin. Because the problem with sin is it really separates us between ourselves and God, our Creator. And God created us because He wanted to be with us and fellowship with us. So he said, you know what, I have to send a Savior. I have to send a Messiah, somebody who will pay the price of that sin so that I could be restored in relationship. And the Bible gives over 300 prophecies of who the Messiah will be. And I find that amazing because God truly wanted it not to be a mystery who the Messiah was going to be. Um, this one author, he was a mathematician, Peter Stoner, he said the probability of one person fulfilling just 48 of the prophecies in the Old Testament would be the odds of one with 157 zeros followed by it. 
Yet Jesus didn't fulfill 48. He fulfilled all of them, over 300 prophecies. God took it serious that he would send a, a Messiah to save us. Some of those prophecies were that Jesus, who is the Messiah, the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. He was to enter Jerusalem on a donkey. He was to be sold for 30 pieces of silver, be born to a virgin, be executed by crucifixion, having his hands and nails pierced. He was to be given vinegar to quench his thirst, executed without having a bone broken. He was to be buried in the writ by the rich graves, and he was to be raised from the dead. Jesus is the Messiah. He fulfilled all of those prophecies. And we're here today because of the last one, because he has been risen from the grave. Jesus was sent by God for the world and for you and for me, and he knew that we would need him. He knew that we would make mistakes, that we couldn't pay the price of our sin. And that's what the Bible is about. That's what the good news, if you've heard of that, or the gospel is. What that means is, it, it talks about in Romans 3, 23, it says, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. So even if we've done a whole lot of good things, if we've messed up, we still fall short of God's standard. And so honestly, I look at this as almost good news, and I'll tell you why. A lot of times you might have conversations with people, and you're like, hey, do you, do you feel comfortable about your life after, you're, after you die? And a lot of responses you might hear is, yeah, I, I think I'm a blank person. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a good person. I'll be okay. The thing is, is if it was about being good enough to get to heaven, that would drive me crazy in my mind. Because the way my mind works is, am I good enough? <laughs> Have I done enough good? Or, I've done good, but oop, I messed up here. Does that erase some of the good? And how much of the good does it erase? Because I, if there's one thing I want to get right in my life is eternity. Like, that's, that's something that you don't want to mess up. So God says, hey guys, time out. You've all messed up. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. And he, he says there's a price for that. There's a price for our sin. Just like if I'm, if I'm speeding and I'm, you know, have my tunes on, I'm, I'm not texting or driving or anything like that. But if I, if I speed and I get pulled over, there's a manual, there's a grid on what my price would be for that ticket. You can't just come up with some random number and the, and the police officer says, oh, you owe X amount of dollars. Well, here's, here's what the Bible says. The price for sin is this. It's found in Romans 6, 23. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what this means, what does that mean, death? So we all sin. The punishment for sin is death. It doesn't mean a physical death. Our bodies are all getting older, and we will die a physical death, but it means a spiritual death. And what that looks like is it's like a separation from God. Remember, sin is what separates us. So a death is a separation from God. But the second part of that verse is he gives us the gift of God. In Romans 5, 8 through 9, it says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, 
Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? John 3.16, that kind of sums up the good news. It says, God loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You see, he made a way so that we could find salvation. And that is the good news. That is the message. Because in the Christian faith, it doesn't matter how good you are. It matters if you're forgiven. You don't have to be good. It matters if you're forgiven because we all deserve death. But that's why Jesus is so amazing. He rose from the dead. He took away our sin. And that's God's story. Now, my story is kind of represented in some of these pages here. (laughs) And my story, um, there's a lot of good parts to it, but there's also some hard, difficult parts to it. And honestly, I was raised in church, and, you know, I knew what to say. I knew what not to do. And so kind of from, from a glance, my life was pretty much good. I was kind of put together. But honestly, a lot of times in the in, inside, I kind of felt broken. I kind of felt like a mess. That my life was kind of all over the place. And I had, I had challenges that I had to work through. I had people that had hurt me. I had death in my life. I lost my parents when I was really, really young. By the time of 13, I, I lost both my parents. I was dealing with that. I was, I was angry at times. I was selfish and I was greedy. I just, I wanted to make money and do all these things. I felt alone. I was single for so long. It took me so long to find Susie. <laughs> so if you're out there single, I, I relate to you. I'm sorry. I was almost 30 years old before I got married, so I I felt being alone. I went to church, and people hurt me. The people that were supposed to be there for me, they let me down. There was times where, man, I, I felt a lack of hope, and just different challenges and unforgiveness that I had to sort through. But what happened is my life kind of came together, and this one fell apart over here. (laughs) <laughs> but what, what I found is um, I had a lot of good things, and I, I experienced a lot of success in the world, and everything was going pretty good. You know, I had church, and I had people in my life, and I was making lots of money. I was in real estate and buying homes and helping people and doing all this stuff. But I realized that, you know what? My life is not really all of my control. <laughs> you ever experienced that? where you think you're in control, life is going good. And then for me, the market of 2008, 2009 hit in Phoenix. (laughs) Who is there with me, right? (laughs) So I experienced the loss of my job. I couldn't sell homes. Um, All of my investments went under, and my whole life just began to shake. And I said, you know what? I'm really not in control like I thought I am. And I ended up taking a mission trip. Um, a church, my, actually it was my real estate broker, said, hey, I want to go to Africa. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Like, that'll be a good thing for, for God. And I go over there, and I realize that, you know what? I was kind of just inviting God into my story just a tiny bit. <laughs> but I really wanted to live my own life, if I'm real. Like, I've got things going. It's okay. 
But like, okay, God, you know, I'll go to church. I'll pray. I'll listen to Christian music. But like, I don't want to surrender everything because I kind of have a good thing going. But I realized that in Africa, God was inviting me into a deeper way, a higher level of surrender. And I'm now convinced that beyond anything, when I surrendered my life to him and I let him write my story and I trusted him with the pages of my life, my life really took a different, a different turn. He began to put me together. And I saw him writing and orchestrating my life in new ways, things that I would have never imagined. And though he took the guilt and shame away from me, like at times I'd be like, oh man, I hope you never find out about this in my life. I'm so ashamed of this. And I had feelings of guilt. He, he erased all that, but he still left the hurt in my life. There were still challenges and, and wounds and scars in my life. And I realized that God is able to take those wounds and bring you to a level of compassion towards others. And that now I have compassion towards people and challenges that I've endured. My life, since I surrendered my life to Jesus and he wrote my story, it hasn't been perfect. <laughs> um, and following Jesus isn't easy, but I am fully convinced of this. I am convinced that God is the best person to write my story. And I'm convinced that letting God write your story will turn out to be the best story and the best narrative of your life. And I, I read this when I was early in faith. It's a, it's a passage from Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope. You a hope. And you a future. God might not erase all the pain of the past, but he can write a beautiful story. He can write a beautiful story. And that's why I love church, because each and every one of us have a story. We all have things that bring us together that we can relate on. And church is to be a place to where we can come and worship, and we can grow in our faith, where people ahead of me in my journey, I can learn from them. And then I can see people farther you know, behind in my journey, and I can help them grow. And this is God's idea. <laughs> this isn't American culture. This is God's idea to have the church come together because we're better in community and we're better together like that. And so at Streams, we, we have this saying that it's okay to come to church and not be okay. <laughs> because I lived my life, I grew up in church, and I knew how to smile. <laughs> I knew to put on the happy face and to do the thing. And I lived like that for over 10 years. But I realized that, you know what? We're people. We know, like, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to be dealing with challenges because we want to come together. And when you're hurting, I want to lift you up. And when I'm hurting, I need you to lift me up. And that's the idea of church. And I think, I think some of us have maybe gone through church life and we've been serving the Lord for decades. And it seems like, man, I'm getting weary. Like the pages of my life and my story, they're kind of starting to unravel just a little bit. Like I still have my faith, but I'm not sure about church. I still have my faith, but man, I, I just see so much evil in the world. And I, I don't know how it's all going to end. I, 
I want, I want today to be an invitation for God to rebind you, to put you back. I, I heard a story of our elder Paul. He had a Bible that he loved, and he read it so much that it, the pages were starting to fall off, and they were kind of starting to get loose, and um, his wife rebound his whole Bible. Isn't that right, Cookie? Was it a gift from you? Another friend. Oh, I got the story all wrong. Anyways, <laughs> Paul got a new Bible that was rebound. And I feel like that's maybe what you need. It's just a, a, a new freshness where the joy of the Lord is your strength. Because as Christians, this message never gets old. That God saved us. I remember the person I was. I remember the things that were important to me. And I can truly say that the best parts about Sean are parts there because of Jesus. And that's what the story is about. So what's our part? What's our part? What, what should we do in response to this message? Well, I think, I think we have to also be mindful that we do need to be patient with the Lord, that he knows everything, right? He built this world, and he, he knows what he's doing. And I love it when my wife um, is cooking dinner, and she might be in the kitchen, and as she cooks, she puts all this stuff out, and she's cutting stuff, and you know, making a casserole or whatever it is. And I, if I come into the kitchen, I'm like, hey, what's for dinner? She's going to be like, well, I have planned something really good. <laughs> but I can't taste it. I can't sample what the end product's going to be. So I can come back when she's halfway through to the meal, right? And I, hey, just give me a little taste. No, I can't. It's raw chicken. It's going to make you sick. No, I'm not going to give you this. But it's at the very end of our journey. It's at the very end of all of our journey. It's at the very end of the book when Jesus comes back. That's when we get to taste. That's when we get to be a guest at the banquet table. And then all is going to be revealed, and you're like, oh, now I see. But it's frustrating because sometimes you lose hope, and you're like, God, I feel like I'm doing this Christian thing, but I'm not being able to taste anything good you got to let the whole thing come together. And so our response is this. It's found in, in Romans 9, uh, excuse me, Romans chapter 10, 9 and 11. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he is raised from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. It's a gift. There's no works. For it's with your heart you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Acts 2.21 says it this way, And it shall be that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so today, <laughs> this is your chance to accept Jesus. This is your chance to say, you know what, Lord? I want to involve you in my story. I want to begin to explore in my journey what it looks like to to surrender my life for you because he he knows you and his story is the best and so as God's story we learn that in the beginning in the middle and in the end it's all about us today I want to invite you to make all your story about him <laughs> because when my story is all about him that's the best story I could make with my life. 
That is the best story. That's the best version of me when I'm patient and I'm kind and he works on my heart and he takes away unforgiveness and the pain of people letting me down, all of those things. And as a Christian, um, I want to invite you to a prayer to accept Christ. But I also want to make it said that that's just the starting point of your journey. Like, I've been married to my wife a long time, and just because a person has a ring on their finger doesn't mean that they've made a commitment and have a relationship, you know? Just, just like I was. I, I went to church, and I had a Bible. <laughs> I knew John 3.16, but that didn't make me like a follower or a disciple of Jesus. And so we need to be people who are holy, and we need to make the most time with our days. And I'll tell you, Letting God write your story is the best way to do that. So maybe, maybe that's you, and you said, you know what, I, I want to make things right with God. I want to involve him more in my story. If that's you, I just want to invite you to pray. So you can pray in your heart, or you can repeat this prayer. But let's just go ahead and take, take a second and say, you know what, God, what, what are you saying to me right now? Would you speak to me? And then I'll just lead you in a little prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all that you've done to weave me into your story. All the ways that you prophesied that the Messiah would come and your faithfulness and your goodness that you did send your son Jesus to die on the cross. And I confess and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And I invite you into my story. I invite you to heal the brokenness. I invite you to wash away my sin, to remove the shame. And I believe that you can do that. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I want to invite the worship team up. And uh, if you've said that prayer, it's important for you to tell somebody. You can come up here. We're going to have a prayer team over here. And we would love to pray with you. There's no strings attached or anything like that, but there's also a little book in the back. And I invite you to take that as like a little devotional. But get yourself a Bible. If you need a Bible, we've got some we'd love to give you. Um, and it's just a memento of this day. We had some little prints printed, printed, excuse me, and it says, uh, God writes my story. God writes my story. So they're at the back there. You're welcome to take one as you leave. But I encourage you to make God a priority in your life, to let him write your story.